Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley and Jeremiah Lee. This is a program where we discuss life's hard financial questions to help you make smart decisions about your money. I'm a certified financial planner and Jeremiah is a California licensed attorney. We work together at Tricord Advisors. Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm where we help our clients build the life that they love. If you have a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on future episodes, just send us an email. Use the contact button on our website, retirementunlimited.com, or just give our office a call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011. I am Randy Barkley, and that's Jeremiah Lee, and we're here to discuss life's hard financial choices. We're here to help you make smart decisions about your money. Randy is a certified financial planner as well as myself, and I'm also a California certified attorney. Uh, we work together at Tricord Advisors where we help our clients build the life they love. You know, the, the uh, discussion that we want to talk about today, we've, we've had a lot of discussion over the last couple months about this. The market has recovered a lot. Um, are, it, is the stock market, are we, in, are we, I guess the, guess the question is, are we in a bear market rally or are stocks undervalued? Is this just a continuation of the bull market that we got through to January and we have this kind of this pause? And the question is, is how do investors know? Yeah, I mean, we're here the second week of August and we have had a great week, I mean, for most of the stock market. Right. And last week was pretty good too. And so the question that a lot of people are having is, is what, did we see a bottom last week? Or did we pass it and we're, we're zipping back up? Or are things still way overpriced? And so kind of what we're talking about today is how do you price stocks? How do you know? How do you, how do you value, right? Yeah, how do you value a stock? I mean, what is it actually worth? You know, home prices, there's always these comparisons of what it might be. And you can look on Zillow and Redfin. And there's people who do that in the stock market. They value prices. But the big difference with, with the real estate is if you come in, you know, someone comes in the day after you buy your home and says, hey, I want to buy your home for half that price. You just say, that guy's crazy. Go away. Whereas right. if, if so that was the stock market, people say, oh, no, what have I done? I bought the wrong stock just because you see the price change. There's an intrinsic value in stocks. But how do, how do you get to what that is? And if you know if the market's just blowing smoke. Yeah, I think, again, the uh, the marketplace, the stock market is substantially more liquid and there's a lot more players into us. For example, if you buy or sell your home, you have very few buyers, you have very few participants. You have the seller mm. and maybe a few buyers. But if you have a stock, if you're dealing with a large public company, you could literally have thousands, if not millions of buys and sells all yeah. within a very, very short period of time. So the market is very they're looking for dislocation. And well, that's another subject matter. Uh, valuations really come down to some key factors, but kind of a caveat here or a disclosure that most valuation models are for looking at a very long term hold, mm. you know, typically like 10 years. And so when people look at uh, a stock and they they see the market going up and down within the you know a week or a month or even a year, they're saying, well, the stock must not have the value. It, it must be worth less than what I paid for it. Yeah. In actuality, it may not be that case at all. Yeah. So what we want to talk about a little bit is is these ideas. So let's just jump to a few of them. So price to earnings is probably the most common or most well-known right. metric. Is you take you take the price of the stock as compared to that company's earnings, what the company actually produces, and you have a ratio. Those ratios right. you know, in, in the worst of times have been 10 to 12 times. In the best of times, they've been 24 times or so. You know, in, in recent history, we had 21. You know, that was the kind of the high that people were saying a while ago, saying, hey, these are really high. And of 
Of course, that's an average. I mean, right. each each stock is, is unique. But right now, we're kind of at 17. So the question being, okay, is, is a 17 price to earnings, that's the, the price you have to pay compared to the earnings they and make. That's, and that's is, the is average. That, that's the average, right? I mean, we're talking about all... That's the SM, S&P in the recent history, in the recent right. days. So is that enough? Is that is that okay? Is that overvalued or undervalued? And and the hard part is historically you'll look back and that still seems a little bit high, but in recent history that's low. It seems lower than what it was. And I think so, a lot of the evaluators bring in the cost of money. In other words, interest rates being artificially low mm. as the Federal Reserve starts to increase interest rates, is starting to have a more impact, particularly for those companies that are uh, the growth companies. Higher interest rates will kind of discount their their value. And we've seen that happening. You know, all of a sudden we were talking about, you know, it's not, it, it seems like a long time ago, but it was really only the first of the year that most economists and most analysts were talking about the Federal Reserve increasing, you know, the discount window, the, you know, the long-term, uh, you know, the aspect of the Federal, what the Federal Reserve controls by 25 basis points mm, mm-hmm. uh, for a, a fourth of a point. But what they did is they went from 25 basis points to 75 basis points which is three times more as far as raising the interest rates. And that roiled the markets. I mean, it affected bonds, it affected stocks. It had a major impact. And now we're looking at as inflation kind of tamed a little bit and the prospect for them to continue on the same trend to raise interest rates in subsequent meetings uh, has started to become a little bit muted. I mean, there's anticipation, right? Yeah, well, that shift should change markets. You know, when people are looking ahead to say, what kind of earnings company make and how do I value those? You know, to current, right. if the if the the feds change in interest rates, is that extreme? It it should change markets. And I think it, it's not surprising to me when you see that volatility. The other aspect that we're in, that's just you know, not a valuation model, but we are in a, a season of high volatility. You know, it used to be that volatility, there's there's a VIX, it's one measure of it was between 10 to 12 on, on their scale. 10 to 12 was the normal volatility. Well, we have been above 20 and even reaching up to 30. It's basically times. the first of the year, the last, right? I mean, we've been above, we've been 20. Yeah, even before, I mean, even before that, all of COVID, we've been really high. And there's people who thought, oh, this will come down, it will renormalize. Well, it hasn't yet. And so we are still in some significant high volatility, but people are just kind of getting used to that. So the question that people often have that we have is, will this be a new normal? And we just get used to having volatility at 18 or so? Or is this something that will come down back to normal? Because there's a number of people who would say, just pull the money out. It's it's too volatile. There's no reason to be invested when the when the volatility is this high. But they may miss the next four years, say, before we get back to kind of a more normalized volatility. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's a lot of people that have valuation models that they follow. For example, Warren Buffett has a valuation model that uh, he's has been well touted. But it's kind of interesting. Warren Buffett has ample cash, but he's not exited stocks. I mean, the companies that he owns... He hasn't sold them off. He's not concerned about, you know, their long-term growth pattern. You know, if you had Warren Buffett sitting in the room with you, he he doesn't make decisions based upon what goes on today. Right. He makes decisions based upon what he thinks is going to happen over the long term. And, and investor, investors should be that way, right? Yeah. And, it's, and, and neither, neither should anyone listening. Neither should we. We shouldn't be looking at what happened today to make a knee right. reaction. And the Buffett ratio, as they call it, is, is the, the total market. You know, all the equity and add up all the different companies, all the market capitalization, you add all that up and you take that by the country's GDP, gross domestic product. It's, it's very similar to saying the price to earnings. It's a similar right. type structure. He just, he's taking a much more, I would say, global perspective on that. But he's taking as big a basket of stocks as he can take, right? Yep. Yeah. To say, okay, are we at a good spot or a bad spot? 
Um, another one that I, I like is in harder times, you have what's called the price to book ratio. It's wow. kind of an accounting term that you have, you know, price to earnings. So it's the price that's in the market compared to the earnings of the company. Whereas the price to book is the price of the company compared to the, what they're carrying on their books for all their assets. So they have some buildings, some vehicles, all the different assets they have that carry on their books. This should be a much lower number, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're an accountant, I mean, if you want to dig deep into the, um, you know, all the financials and to come up with that, um, you know, it, it's it's a it's a pretty uh, complex calculation. Yeah, and for most people, this is the basement. This is the very lowest to say how much are you trading worth, how you how much are you trading relative to how many assets do you have. And if it goes the other direction, that your price is lower than all your assets, that's where you hear people talk like a fire sale. Someone will come in and buy up the company and chop it up and sell off all the pieces because they say, you know, each piece, we know they add up to this much value. But as a whole, you're trading much less. So for a lot of folks, this is a, a, a basement price, but it's one way to get at kind of a um, an, another way to value it. But it's hard because this doesn't really apply to, say, tech companies. Their assets right. are not on machinery and equipment you know it's in this intellectual property which is still valued of course but it's just a little different like a dividend yield would be it, it doesn't apply to a tech company typically that's right the companies that don't pay a dividend out uh that's why rising interest rates really have a, a profound effect on companies like that whereas those companies that are paying a dividend out but again that dividend yield has a has a major impact upon companies that aren't paying a dividend yeah that's right yeah dividend yield is the dividend that's paid out every month compared to the price of the stock like how much you're actually right. getting for that and then that's another evaluation is kind of more looking at the person i would say like what, what's going to land in my pocket like forget how the company's doing <laughs> you forget how well they're operating but what am i going to get from this stock what's the stream of payments that's going to come to me and that helps determine what it's worth and i think the you know the most common one that one's the most touted as far as uh, published in the wall street journal and such is the cape ratio and this was developed by nobel prize winner robert schiller but he talks about you know the ratio or the the um, the average price of a stock going back historic, and he goes back all the way to 1900. And he says you know typically where whereas the stock prices have been in relationship, but you know even if you dig deep into his analogies, you 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 dig down deep. He doesn't exit stocks based upon his analogies. I mean mm. he he'll reduce is equity positions but he's still going to have a large position within stocks because even he recognizes there's more forces uh, affecting the valuation of a stock or the market value of a stock than just what you know it's what's going on for the moment i guess is what i'm saying well, I, I think it's a really good comment for for ourselves and our clients as we walk through this it's very seldom that we are exiting things entirely right. It's very seldom that we say we're walking away, we're selling. And people, you know, as they hear a song, they could feel that idea. Oh, I got to get out of this. I get into this. And that's what you hear in my mind on the radio a lot or on the talking heads. You got to get out of this. You got to get all into this. Well, again, it's the panic pushers, I call them. And oh, there you go. They're yeah. selling a product. They're selling something, you know, whether it be annuities or gold or silver or something tangible, real estate. You see a lot of real estate stuff and that's in the marketplace. And it's, and it's the panic pushers. And they're saying inflation is run away. And in order to protect yourself from inflation, stocks aren't going to protect you. So therefore, you've got to be in these particular entities or you know commodities yeah, yeah. or whatever these pro these yeah. vehicles. Yeah, and with that, I mean, we like I said, we we seldom fully exit things. We trim, right? We adjust, we modify, um, and so do uh, so many other money managers. Is they want to keep you in a portfolio that makes sense for your finances, makes sense for your future life. But it's not saying, oh, Google had a bad day, sell all of Google. 
they might say, oh, Google is doing great. Let's trim that position and get out of some of it. Google's having a rough day. Hey, we know they're a good long-term stock. Let's buy more. It's kind of like counter-cyclical adjustments to the portfolio. Yeah, I mean, I, the conversation that we have oftentimes with clients or prospective clients is they'll make a comment. And they'll say, they say that. Mm. And they'll refer to like, are we're going to have a recession? Because that's probably the key word that's being touted right now in the news. You know, you talk about economic news or what you read and such. That recession is a big, big factor. Inflation is a big, big factor. And what they're not taking into account is what the individual companies and how they're responding to that. I mean, not every company is going to be affected negatively uh, by recession or as negative uh, as some other companies, even within the same uh, same sector. So yeah. well, you really break it out, right? And I always love it when we're in a meeting and, and someone's saying, oh, they say this, they say that. And sometimes you'll stop. It's like, well, who? Who is saying this? Who's they? Is it? Is it your buddy Bill at the at the water cooler who you don't think is that bright anyways? Or is it <laughs> someone you heard on the radio? Is it a family friend? Is it someone who you really respect, some economist you're lo- listening to? You, know, the, the, you have to kind of judge that news because in our day and age, we get inundated with input. You know, it could yeah, be yeah. Instagram, Facebook, the, the regular news, wherever you're getting it from, you're inundated with information. And we have to, as, as humans in this day and age, we have to process it way more, I feel like, than we did previously, not just be overwhelmed by the amount of times we hear the word recession. You know, I, I've seen news articles where no one, or no news stories segments where no one actually said it was a recession. They just mentioned recession, you know, 10 times. And therefore I walk away th- feeling recession, even though nobody said there was one. It, and it's an interesting, I mean, there's some issues with that anyways, but it's interesting how much we pick up stuff and grab onto it. Right. We really need to consider the source. Yeah, I think that uh, we're continually looking at information. And again, you know, I always go back to just the facts, ma'am. Mm. And we want to analyze, first of all, what is a reasonable holding? I don't want to buy something that's overvalued. And a lot of these, these entities that we've referred to here, they're, they're analysts. I mean, they're looking at the economics. They're looking at it and they say, historically, what's the price of something? And again, I don't want to be buying something that's, that is at the high. I want to be buying something at the low. But timing the marketplace, that's where most people don't realize it is really difficult to time a stock. It's, it's really difficult to time a portfolio to say, this is the best time to buy it. This is the best time to sell it. And the best of minds have tried and the best of, my, best of minds have lost out on that. They just haven't been able to accomplish it because the market does what the market does. And right. again, yeah, you have several factors. Yeah, and people take a long-term approach. Right. Um, it's not the knee-jerk reaction. It's not in and out. It's not trying to time it. It's just saying this is good value. Let's buy it for the long term. Right. That's good. If, if uh, anyone has a, a topic they want to hear us talk about in the future, feel free to go to our website, retirementunlimited.com. Use the comment section. You can send us a note or give our office a call. It's 951-684-7011. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned he can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371. 
800-242-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Morning, I'm Randy Barkley, and I'm here with Jeremiah Lee, and we're talking about some of the key financial choices, and hopefully it's um, beneficial to you listening. Yeah, Randy and I are both certified financial planners, and I'm also a California licensed attorney. We work together, we work at Tricord Advisors, and we help clients as they kind of build their life they love. You know, the uh, conversation that uh, most news uh, broadcasters are talking about, financial news, is that we're going to have a hard recession. And the question is, are we, are we going to have a hard landing? And a hard landing would be interpreted as a rise in unemployment. In other words, mm. uh, companies would start laying off large numbers of people. Uh, but there's also, there's also another view. And, and if this inflationary picture starts to come down a little bit, it may not come back down to the 2% level that we've been used to for the last several decades, but it may step down. And yeah. that may cause us to go into recession but it may much. It may be a, like a softer one. It may, be, in fact, it might even be two. Yeah, well, yeah. We talk about some other views on this recession. You know, not the main ones. I, mean, I like the two recession view. A lot of people are saying, you know, that there's the current what we're feeling today. Right. You know, they're trying to impact rates three, five, ten years from now. Right. And it, you know, they're looking way off on the horizon, but they got to focus on what's here as well. And it, it's a difficult task to do both. And I, I, I've liked that view that some people kind of say, okay, we're we're in the midst of a recession in the sense that it's hard. You know, the, the economy is slowing down. But the last two weeks, we've had great stock market prices. Right. You know, gas prices are starting to come down. I think people are feeling, some people are feeling okay. And so if we pull out of this, it doesn't mean, oh, it was, we're done. It also doesn't mean that we're doomed. It, it, one of the views, kind of an alternative view, is say we might have a recession moment and do well for a time and have another recession moment before we kind of get all this stuff worked out of our system. And again, I think, I think that... Um... We were talking about this um, before before we got together for the radio program, but I think that this generation today has a much better ability to do price shopping than the generation mm-hmm. before it. Um, I, you know, the recession that I experienced that was really hard was back in the late '70s and early '80s. But in today's world, uh, you have your phone and you can go to buy something yeah. and you can hit a skew. Um, you were just telling me about a story. I mean, tell me about what you went personally through looking for a, for an yeah, article, Yeah, right? last weekend I was looking, yeah, I was just looking for a new raincoat and you looked at it in the store, tried it on, hey, this looks great, but they only had a couple of colors. So I looked online, found the same, exact same thing in, in any color I wanted. Uh, they delivered to my door and it was $5 cheaper. And that was not a price comparison that could have been done, you know, decades ago. Whereas now it's, it's commonplace. And I think, you know, in the midst of the recession, a lot of people have really struggled. There's been a whole other group of people that have got some great deals and are not struggling. An article I was reading was talking about, um, similar about coats, but it was saying at the early part of the summer, there's a lot of companies like you know Target or Kohl's, other ones that had ordered this large inventory of winter that didn't make it in time. So now yeah. early summer, they've got all these coats, didn't want to put them in the store, also didn't want to just save them for next year. So they used all the discounters. They used eBay, they sent them to you know Ross, Burlington Coat Factory, some of these other ones. And there were folks that were picking up, you know, a couple of bucks. They could get a real coat, you know, that and the store might have been 50, 60, 80 We're bucks, talking about a major but, discount in price. We're talking about a coat. You were telling me about a coat that was costing in the previous season was like, what, 70 bucks or whatever? And buying it yeah. for what? Yeah. 
a couple bucks, like five? You know, five bucks that someone picked up and it, yeah. yeah. And it's kind of amazing, but it, it's that idea that the savvy shopper is, is no longer just going to the local store, or even going to Amazon. It's, it's, there's these, these discount outlets that people can go to. And um, if, if people are, are struggling, you know, there's a whole group of people who are just struggling in this time. There's other people who are, have just changed their habits. They're becoming a little more savvy of how they shop and how they do things. And there's good deals to be found. They're, they're able to still clothe and feed their families at, at, at cheaper rates. Yeah, it was just, and this has nothing to do with the financial side of it, but I just heard a report that because of the, the drought, so to speak, that we're going through in California, that Los Angeles had the largest reduction in water consumption historically. Mm. Last month, they reduced their water consumption, I think, somewhere close to 11%. But I think also what people are aware of on a financial standpoint is all their, their purchasing. So they go to the grocery store and they buy not the name brands, they'll buy the store brand. And with a little bit of knowledge, you understand that the store brand is made exactly by the same company that name that, that makes the name brand. But yeah. it can be, you know, a, a large percentage. It could be a, a lot different in price, it could be a lot less in cost. And I think consumers are becoming much more aware of that. Yeah. The other, I think, alternative storyline, you know, I think is interesting is we may have a lot more pain ahead in the market, but there's some people out there saying this was it. Like it, it's all been overblown. People are talking recession. Employment is fine. You know, interest rates are higher, but they're not catastrophically higher. Um, we're going to be okay. Right. And we're going to move forward. And I think that's an interesting storyline here on the news because it doesn't, you know, doesn't sell as much, but, but an idea that, that we're going to level out and just continue forward. I, I don't know that we buy into that, but it, it's interesting of how much we hear on the news fear and you know falling apart but there's a whole part of the economy employment being a big driver of that that's doing well you know housing prices are high um, in, in a good sense that people have equity in their homes and the job markets are strong people are getting raises people are keeping their jobs right. so you have that storyline that that really is supporting the economy and may support us out of a recession i mean we'll see but but uh, it's just an alternative storyline but I think, I think your comments are, are well taken in the sense that we're seeing uh, some of the key factors going down in price, but also, you know, the, with rising interest rates on mortgage rates going up, real estate prices are starting to level off a little bit. We're not seeing this complete escalation in prices. And some of the, what I consider the hot areas of real estate, they're actually seeing some discounts coming back down. That's healthy. That's not yeah. unhealthy. That's a healthy thing. Because we've priced out, you know, real estate is pricing out the people are trying to get into a home. Yes. So the rental market is just is just too expensive. So some of those things coming down is very healthy because it it you want to have people to, to to be able to get a home, to get a place to live mm-hmm. that doesn't eat up all of the excess income that they have just to live in a you know what I consider a meager surrounding, so to speak. Yeah. So. And I think it gets real scary when empo- unemployment goes real high for recession whereas this one it's unique if we do if we are going into a longer recession with high employment it's odd so we'll see how that how that plays out yeah if if anybody missed part of this episode uh the radio program you can find it on youtube you can also find it on our website you can hear the whole thing Uh, if you have a a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode you can give our office a call it's 951-684-7011 or go to our website retirementunlimited.com until next week folks may you grow in wisdom and knowledge thank you for listening 
Information and ideas discussed on this program are in the nature of general comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Do not constitute legal or financial advice and do not create an attorney, client, or fiduciary relationship. Any examples or circumstances discussed are fictional. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor, tax consultant, or attorney, as well as conduct their own due diligence prior to making any decisions. Investments involve risk and the possibility of loss, including the loss of principal. All situations are different and results may vary. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent California license number 0518567. And Jeremiah Lee is a California licensed attorney and is responsible for this communication. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisory firm. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health. And like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB.